Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Tell It Again podcast, a show for you to hear all of the best stories that you have never actually heard. This is the first full-length episode, um, obviously after the promo show, but to start this one, I thought that I would give a little bit of background before I get into this episode's story. I'm 28. Uh, As I sit here, I just put one of my kids to bed, and I found myself over the last couple of years really noticing that there was zero things that I did creative in my life. There was, I can't draw or, or color or do any sort of art. I'm not a good singer, dancer, anything like that. I'm not a bad dancer, but I'm not, you know, not the one that would give you any sort of creative outlet, more the one that would embarrass people around you. I... I found myself at 27 or right around that time hitting that kind of quarter-life crisis. Fortunately, I didn't kill myself. Shout out to the 27 Club. But the I found myself trying to look for ways to manifest whatever kind of creativity or anything I could find. And the first way I started to try and do it was thinking maybe I could do stand-up comedy. And I never actually did it. But I would think to myself, oh yeah, I can probably do that. You know, I feel like I'm funny or, or I can think of funny things. So I started recording or writing down all of these things that I thought would be funny bits or, you know, any kind of funny idea that I had. And the problem is a lot of times I would do it when I was drinking. So I wouldn't have any context to what I wrote. So I would often go back and look at these things that I wrote down and none of them would make any sense. But seeing just the premise of it would make only me laugh. But So I'm going to, to start this, I'm going to read some of those off to you here. The first one just says, brother is an asshole. Which is true, but I don't know where we go with that. Um, the next one is, my dream is to be black. Black people are so much funnier. Also true, not great to say in 2018. Also don't know where I was going to go with that after. Next one. 25, married with a kid. So I thought that through. Probably wrote this one a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, funny. Um, you can tell how I'm feeling or how I was feeling right in that moment. Uh, the next one that kind of gets me kind of laugh, and I still kind of go back to this one, but I don't know who I can tell this to, but I'm going to tell it to the to my Zero Podcast listeners right now. The idea of a racist or a racism amusement park that white people could go to where they could experience racism. Kind of like that episode of South Park where they did that. But it got me thinking, if they did some pop-up shop, like that dumbass ice cream museum they did in L.A., where you just walk through and you get a, a thimble full of ice cream the whole way and you just get to take a bunch of Instagram pictures, it would be this way. It would be that type of thing, only you would just walk through and experience different forms of racism. And there'd be two sides of it. There'd be the one side of the white people that would be like, you know what? I've been changed. That was so eye-opening. Me going and paying $47 to go to this pop-up racism shop really let me know what racism is like for the last few hundred to thousand years. And the other half would go and get like stoned and go and do it. And either way, I do think that's a successful business idea, but that's unrelated to this. I wrote it down here. But so that's kind of it. It's It was just a lot of these kind of ill-conceived bits. I tried to tell a friend of mine about it once, 
And he said, okay, well, let me hear it. And I go, okay, ready for this shit, man? Here you go. And none of them panned out. None of them panned out at all. And I realized how poorly that I was executing it. And so I kind of thought, okay, maybe that's not my plan. But So that's where I am today. This is my most recent creative iteration here is to do this storytelling podcast to tell stories that I think are funny, that I feel like people have thought that are funny, or to find people that tell funny stories that they can tell them too. So without further ado, here is this episode's story. So the first story that I want to tell is actually a story that's absolutely not mine to tell. I feel the least comfortable telling this story. When I was preparing to do this show, I kind of had a few that I was going to be prepared or think about. This might be a good one. This might be a good one. This one was the one I was least comfortable telling. And I figure, why not come out of the gates hot? Uh, Names are redacted, places, all that kind of stuff is redacted details you know but i'll give you the meat and potatoes um i'm am in the military i've been stationed on ships and the predominant amount of the work that i did when i was on the boat was to go to central south american spanish-speaking countries uh to give you a little background my spanish is really really good in bars and restaurants and that's the only place it's really, really good. I can get us more chips and salsa. I can get us more cocktails. I can order us beers. You want lime. You don't want lime. Con limon or sin limon, whatever you want. I can even order club soda or regular water. Agua con gas, agua sin gas. So having said that, outside of those places, I'm not great. I'm not very comfortable. But when I hang out with my more white friends, I would end up being the translator. For context, I was in Costa Rica and our taxi driver is trying to flip a U and he's not looking and he's about to run over a bicyclist and I'm in the front seat because obviously I'm translating and I just scream, Cuidado! Cuidado! Which, if you speak Spanish, you would never yell, Caution! Caution! To somebody. But... We didn't hit the guy, so, you know, everything's good there. But that's the background on my Spanish. So we're in this place in Central America, and we hear this story of another fellow on our boat. He goes out drinking. He, for some reason, doesn't have cash to pay his tab. He has to go over to the ATM, and as he goes over there, he's accompanied by the owner of the bar, the bar's family members, a couple extra people. And this gentleman, the fellow who had to go to the bar, let's just say he'd be very upset about someone who didn't stand up for the national anthem. He would um, not think... Taco Bell wasn't the best Mexican food you could find. And he probably, um, I think you catch my drift. So he's there and he's trying to get money out. And keep in mind, this is secondhand. And he, something happens to where either he feels uncomfortable or some foul play occurred and a fight breaks out. 
This gentleman, at some point, pulls out a knife that he was carrying, starts slashing it around. The story that we hear at the time is that he gets overrun, gets jumped very badly, and gets locked up in this Central American jail. They have to bring one of the Spanish-speaking kids on our boat to go and translate, and the authorities are not feeling the American military presence. They are very upset about it. So we hear this story secondhand. We're going, damn, this is crazy, man. Can't believe it. So the next day, we're hanging out at this primo beach spot. It is set. We got hammocks. We have white concrete leading into white sand beaches with a pool right here and the beach right there. It's private. It's private beach club. Nobody's there. None of the losers that I have to see every day are there. It's perfect. Only the people I want to see. And we're, you know, we're spending big money. We're spending, you know, 50 to $70 a day, big time dollar bills, you know, and they're, it's, it's the place had the best hot dogs maybe I've ever had. If you ever want to have the best hot dog, go to Central America. So we're hanging out there one day and we hear this story and we're going, wow, nuts. Can't believe it. We go about our day. We... Two of us only come back the next day. I'm with my other buddy who's from somewhere in the middle of the country. He's a lot less comfortable in places where they don't speak his native tongue. So I'm like, I got it, man. I'm cocky. You know, I've been I said cuidado to that guy. I saved that bike rider's life. You know, I'm I'm the Spanish speaker. Well, we're sitting down and the server comes up to us and he says, Sumarino? Sumarino? Asking us if we're Marines. And I look at him and I go, what? I go, no. I go, no. No soy marino. He goes, oh, uh, a marino, marino. And, he, and he's doing the throat slash sign. The <coughs> and I'm going, and so my first thought is that there was some sort of attack. Something happened. You know, my first thought was those, you know, terrible beheading videos or something like that. I'm feeling like he's trying to make the connection like, oh, did you see that on the internet or something? I'm going, no, I didn't know. That's terrible. That's terrible. He's going, no, no, no. I, and I, and I, we're, we're missing something. He walks back over to me and he shows me his phone and it's got a article linked to a Facebook from the local news down here. And it's the story of the guy on our boat who was in the altercation, and there's more details. Uh, apparently, one of the posse that went to ensure that he would get the money out of the ATM was the bar owner's 13-year-old son. When he pulled out his knife to defend himself, presumably, he slashed indiscriminately, and he ended up making this kid look like the Joker. He was, for, for the end of the story, the kid was ended up okay, was fine, but was very stitched up in his face. And I'm reading this, and I'm very taken aback. Because I'm sitting here trying to understand, trying to read it in Spanish, you know, because obviously I'm not in a bar or restaurant, I'm trying to read a, a periodical, and I'm trying to understand, and I see the person's name, and I see the service, and I see a lot of details that I didn't feel comfortable with. And I'm trying to read this and not let my 
wear my heart on my sleeve and try to keep my uncomfortable friend to my left comfortable. And the I go, wow, it's, it's, it's loco. It's loco, man. It's loco. And I hand the guy back his phone and he's like, and he keeps laughing. He keeps going, <laughs> it's okay. It's crazy, you know? And I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And he keeps doing it. <laughs> it's crazy, you know? And I have to say to him at one point, I go, un momento, por favor, por favor, para mi, mi amigo, por favor. And just one minute, me and my friend. And, and at this point, I think the guy can tell he's we're uncomfortable and because he's going, no, no, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean it. I go, yeah, just, just a minute. Because at this point, someone who is tied to us has maimed a child in this country and we're just out here hanging out at the pool and I'm getting shown Facebook news articles and feeling very vulnerable. So I tell my buddy, I explain to him what I've read, and he, I go, relax, let's be cool, we're going to pay our tab, and let's get out of here. The, I tell the bartender, I go, we're, we're, we're going to split, you know, and, and he's like, no, 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 and I think he genuinely was like, no, 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 I, you know, didn't want to freak you out, whatever, anything, you, you know, you're our guest, you know, because I told you, we're dropping those big money, those big $50 there, and we're like, no, it's cool. We're, we're going to split. So we make our way back to where the boat is. We run into our some members of our command, and we're going, what is going on right now? And they tell us, nothing. Everything's fine. Go about your day. We're going, How, why, why am I hearing about this? In, in reading about what happened in the local news, people are looking at us strange. People are you know, they know that we're tied to the the child maimer and we're not doing anything about it. He goes, no, if you're not comfortable, go back to the boat. I mean, it's either sit on the boat and be sober or go hang out and have a beer. So I'm not going to go do that. But so we go and we sit around and we hang out and we sit, we stay near the boat where we can where we feel at least a little bit more secure. And I can hear people, and we're sitting around, and, and in this country, there's it's right on the beach, and there's tables are all right. It's it's The umbrellas are all touch one another, so tables are all no further than three feet apart. And I can hear, my Spanish is good enough to where I hear people to the left and right of me, and I hear a server saying, you know, the, the boat over there, the barco, you know, it's a marino, uh, yeah, niño. Uh, and he and they're talking about it and they're talking about it everywhere around us and it was obviously you know nothing i did nothing any of my friends did but i'm sitting here feeling like we're we're the outsiders we're here we're these dumb white americans and we're partying and we're here and one of our people has done something grotesque disgusting to a child in this country and i don't know how to feel i don't know what to do fortunately we end up nothing ends up happening coming from that we end up you know finishing our day and we go back and we we get underway the following day and nothing else happened and we come to get the details eventually the guy the guy spent three days 
in this Central American prison with one of our guys translating every day because this other fella definitely could not make his way through a bar or restaurant the way I could. He ends up having to pay $25,000 of his own money that he had saved up. He just pays it to the family. So it's kind of a settlement. Here you go. And the family says, okay, we're square. And then the jail says, okay, he's good to go. And he can leave. Um, fortunately, the kid wasn't permanently damaged in terms of function. You know, he's, he's going to have to have a scar on his face for the rest of his life. But the dude had to pay $25,000 cash. And I, I, I transferred shortly after that. I went to a new unit and I didn't look back. So I have no idea what happened to him. Uh, suffice it to say we were not Facebook friends. So you wouldn't have heard any of the stories or anything, any status updates that he had told. But, um, to this day, I still have to go back and look and read the thing and read it in Spanish and I can find the article if I look hard enough and see all the details, all the, and, ugh. But, carry cash. When you go to a foreign country, carry, carry the cash. Be prepared to pay the tab that you are expecting to have to pay and put it in your shoe if you have to. And do the buddy system. Don't bring anybody don't go by yourself somewhere don't put yourself in a situation where you're not and also if you're in a, a host country if you're somewhere that you're not from be respectful be respectful of the customs understand what's going on and don't just you know wear your american flag board shorts and your your bald eagle tank top and your your oakley blades like some kind of dickhead and think, what's up, man? I'm just partying here, hanging out. This is me right on the on the Riviera, you know? Don't do that. Go, be respectful, try to understand the culture, and blend in. Don't get yourself in trouble. That's, that's, uh, that's the end of that story. That's the least comfortable story I feel, least comfortable I feel telling a story. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoy it. 